Hello everyone, hi, it's Tom here, back with another episode of Alpha Metallica. This episode is slightly different to our normal scheduled programming of going through the songs, you know, letter by letter as we're doing very slowly at the moment. That is still happening, still going on every week. I believe the next episode we've got coming out is number six, Am I Savage? Then going to get into some And Justice for All for number seven, so we've got some great stuff coming on. But yeah, these episodes are just bonus episodes, just places where I can just talk about stuff and with guests on as well. We can just sort of make lists about Metallica or discuss the history in a sort of certain level because you know the way the show is structured is that you know it, it's about the minutia so if I want to speak about whiskey in the jar or sabra cadabra or something like that like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle I'm gonna wait three years or so so yeah these are just ways to sort of cut through just to sort of you know riff about the band in this case it is actually about riffs as well I'm gonna go through my personal top 10 favorite Metallica guitar riffs kind of defining what a riff is I've just kind of just, you know a kind of repetitive guitar figure of some sort maybe with two guitars you know you'll sort of see what I mean as I go through it and I've tried to for the sake of argument um, make them my or my definitive I should say uh, my definitive top 10 these are going to be in order from 10 to 1 what I rank of as at the time of this what is this May 2017 I'm sure this list will change in the future it's certainly changed in the past of my top 10 Metallica riffs going to go through them going to discuss what I like about them etc what I've ranked them in certain places but just before we get into that I just want to introduce a few things newly about the show as well including these bonus episodes I've also started a Patreon um, you might be familiar with Patreon it's the website where you can sort of you know support people support creators and that sort of stuff you can reach out to people and if you enjoy the show you can give back it's a great service it's a service that i used in my previous well my podcast that i do at the moment parallel to this battle rap resume if you're interested in battle rap definitely check that out if you're if you're interested in that and i use the patreon and the patreon's been great just for sort of helping to pay for the cost to keep the podcast online and sort of extra stuff to give towards the show and i just thought why not you know i thought i thought it's an intriguing thing to put out there i've had a lot of people getting in touch who really really like the show i want to get all the people who've you know really really like the show and maybe want to give back and whatever look it's, it's just something there it's not going to affect the show in any way i guess i just go through it quickly as well if you're not aware patreon is based on kind of like a, a monthly thing and i've kind of put four tiers out here these all have terrible pun names, by the way, that I'm probably going to change, but they were my way of sort of differentiating in my head. And if you're familiar with Patreon, the pun title, the sort of charming title is quite self-evident. So my first tier on the Patreon, I swear we'll get to the riff shortly, uh, is is for $1, basically, and it's going to be titled, or around this time, yeah, $1-ish, something like that, it might change the price, uh, is for $1, and I'm going to call it either You Are Savage or A Wolf of Fan. Yeah, stop groaning, sorry. Basically, this is a, you know, thank you so much kind of donation. Every bit helps with the show if you want to donate a Thank you again so much for that. Our second one is called Until It Streams. This is for uh, $5, and basically, you know, you get a shout-out on the show. This is kind of the best, uh, you know, one of the best sort of entry tiers. So you get a shout-out on the show as a new Patreon. You also get access to episodes of Alpha Metallica and episodes like this, Top 10 Riffs, stuff. Anything that I basically release on the YouTube comes on here first. It'll often be weeks before, so I've done on Battle Rose, may kind of have episodes that people want to listen to. So, yeah, Until It Streams is the second tier. Our third tier is Live Shit, Binge and Splurge. Uh, I'm trying to introduce you here to, you know, a, a new concept that's just going to be exclusively on the Patreon um, a show, you know, at the moment called Live Shit Bins and Splurge. It may change, but uh, this series is going to be me basically watching with a guest as well, kind of, uh, you know, going through a Metallica concert. Any concert, you know, maybe we'll review when they came to Birmingham. I, I'm seeing the band very shortly in Birmingham in like October 30th, I think. Can't fucking wait, Birmingham, UK. Maybe I'll watch the last time they came to Birmingham. I'm sure they've been here many, many times. Maybe I'll watch when they're in Texas or Poland or, you know, whatever. Like, if you go onto YouTube channels like Met Fan for Life and Melanica, like, they have the full concerts there, and I'll just review the concerts 
set list, what they were like, what era, you know, that sort of stuff. So if that's interesting to you, you get access to that, you get access to, you know, all the stuff I've mentioned before, the shout out on the podcast and that, that's the third tier, live shit, binge and splurge. And finally, I have Bleeding Me Dry. Uh, this is $20, all of the below, and you get the opportunity to come on the show and anything else you want because you have been so, so generous. But yeah, if you want to help out the show, if you want to give back to the show, check out our Patreon and just search Alpha Metallica, Metallica Podcast on Patreon. I'll put the link in the description as well so you won't be sure to miss it. But yeah, if you do want to support the show, that is greatly, greatly appreciated. We are, you know, very fledgling at the moment, but, you know, people are responding to us. I want to say thank you to that, people engaging. Um, I recently had two guys get in contact. I had Colton and Brady. Um, They emailed in uh, to metallicapod at gmail.com. We had a great little discussion there, and both of them are going to be on the show. If you want to be on the show and review a song, get in touch with me on there, metallicapod at gmail.com, with Colton and doing Atlas Rise, with Brady and doing Astronomy. So, you know, quite soon we're going to be getting into those sort of stuff. Check out the Twitter as well. You can also contact me there, metallicapod. I've got a Facebook group, um, a lot of new things here. Uh, type in uh, Alpha Metallica, Metallica podcast in Facebook. I'm kind of new to sort of sharing a Facebook group, but it's public. I'm going to post episodes there, discussions. You guys can post whatever you want there. You know, it'd be great to hear from you, great to talk to you. Again, that'll be in the description. But yeah, this today's episode is, uh, you know, something that I'm really, really excited to get into. Number 10 is King Nothing. Yeah, Load's King Nothing. I mean, the thing about Load and the Reload era, like, you know, they're not a favourite of mine, to be honest with you. I think sonically, they're great. I think they make the most of in that era, the stereo panning. You had the earlier albums, the Justice and Master. And, you know, it's all James. Like, there doesn't need to be a Kirk there. It needs to have that jackhammer, you know, Gatling gun intensity there. And there wasn't this need to sort of differentiate between the guitars. In a riff like King Nothing, though, that happens. You know, they sort of all work together as a band. Arguably, this is a double riff in the sense of kind of the silky bass intro it's got a slight simple but charming slide you know the dung ding dung dung it really gifts the song this sense of this menace I, I like you know it's one of the most unabashedly enjoyable songs on Load. Like, Load isn't bad, and like, kind of, you know, there were some some numbers that kind of, you know, got out the mix, as it were, and, like, I really did enjoy it. And I think King Nothing is one of them. I think not least because of the way that you kind of have that eerie, really high up the sort of B-string fret by Kirk, and then you have sort of blues bends coming in, and blues bends kind of haunt Load, but I think here they're done quite well. There's not too much double-stopping, thank God, Kirk. And it just kind of, the spiky octave shifts, the way that Metallica always introduce a riff quite slowly. You know, there's a few riffs on this list that we're going to into that follow this formula of sort of introducing the riff you know in the sense in this riff the guitar is coming over the bass and the guitar has this sort of clutch kind of Mark Rabot it has this real grit under the fingernails kind of you know it has this I don't know this stern nature to it and you still have that piercing guitar in your ear and then when it all kind of comes through with Lars's drums it really gives it this uh, you know almost sad but true-esque sort of swagger to it you know it's certainly the thing that closest resemble this it's not thrashy in the slightest it's you know cast within this load butt rock mold um you know but the riff sounds great and again those spiky octaves are awesome it has this kind of you know this almost polished Queen to the Stone Age edge, you know, Lullabies to Paralyze, really fun riff, you know, and I, I, well conceived and pretty original, especially for this Black Album era, you know, as I say, the guitars work well as well, it just, it, the song is, is quite fun, you know, the song kind of abandons the main riff for the verses and sort of has that kind of low tendency to have quite slow kind of post verses to get back into the riff and stuff, but, you know, the riff, just reviewing the riff here, King Nothing, I think it's, it's strong, you know, it's it's strong, maybe the song itself is, is kind of the shell that it, it's birthed from, but, you know, I really, really enjoy this riff. Number nine, 
Moth into Flame. I mean, it's cool to have, you know, a riff so recent on this list, really. You know, Metallica have been going for surplus of 30-odd years now, and there's so many riffs. You know, this top 10 could be made, you know, different and different way. Millions millions of people, I'm sure. But, you know, for me, being quite stern with myself, you know, I can't deny that I fucking love Moth into the Flame. I think this song as a whole is really, really good. You know, it's cool to have one with that sort of Finn Lizzy noodling, you know, very simple but, but, but blistering. But for me, it's that main riff, that real simple down-pickage riffage, you know, seems almost monotonous apart and then it picks up a hell of a lot you know you have that that volta that that switch up in the middle da, 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 da. like you know the way it kind of pulls its heels on the sort of aggression the momentum of it the the move up to the separate string it's really enjoyable i never fails to get my spine tingling my shoulders bopping you know i, I love this riff man like it, it, fantastic the whole song is really really good but i think this main riff it's that turn that's very common of these sort of death magnetic dare i say say anger sort of riffs where they turn on their hoof as i say you know but for me it really is something that's very powerful like hardwired people love hardwired man and and that's cool as i say but like death magnetic's better than hardwired i'm sorry like i don't understand how people are putting death like no offense i'm causing like some strife here some gang warfare but like you know when you see like hardwired it's like oh yeah it's one of my favorites like what like it just doesn't like especially compared to death magnetic compositionally it doesn't really have that sort of electricity but i think Moth to the Flame does, you know, it is incendiary in, in, in the best possible, you know, way. I, the sound on Hardwired is great, don't get me wrong, but I think just Death Man Egg is a little more exciting. I'm sure we're going to get to that um, soon after. My, my, my eighth choice is The Call of Cthulhu. Now, it's kind of hard to say my favourite riff from The Call of Cthulhu because there's so many riffs in this song, really. You know, it's one that... Uh, you know, in metallic instrumentals, uh, majoritively, you know, I'm thinking in the sense of To Live Is To Die, thinking uh, to, to Orion, um, they're anchored around a central conceit with interesting things that happen around whilst the riff itself kind of, you know, throws the dust off its back, haunches up, you know. For me, it's the central riff, the which is kind of, you know, it, it, it's promised throughout. It emerges at the 92nd mark. And obviously, Call of Cthulhu, uh, bringing in that sort of Lovecraftian idea, the, the Cthulhu mythos, the Macronicon, and, you know... Obviously, the main guitar riff when it when it kind of you know breaches out of the ninety second is such a powerful proposition. But Cliff is also unbelievable in this song. Like you know, when I've listened to this song in for years and years, but it was only recently putting the headphones on that I really heard what Cliff was doing underneath the main riff. You know, it is subterranean. You know, it does have this sense of submergement, this forty fathoms kind of groan to it. You know, it's absolutely fantastic. But it's hinged around that na 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 na. Like it has that just kind of like that the whole riff is so so powerful and the song comes back to it as well. I mean, like let's say the song is great. This is the meat. This is the, you know, the, the build of it, really. And again, Cliff in the bottom of that song. And occasionally there's licks that Cliff is doing as well. He's not just following the notes. You know, he is playing with different ideas there. And it's very subtle, but it but it's very effective. And I, I, yeah, the main Call of Cthulhu riff, I, th I think, is fantastic. Like, when you watch this song live, it can seem a little long. It is quite a long instrumental. It doesn't have the dynamism of Saiyan Orion, which, which I think is my favorite um, Metallica instrumental. But nonetheless, th this central riff is fantastic. Number seven gives way to another quite recent riff. As I say, I am a big fan of Death Magnetic, and My Apocalypse is, is one of my favorites, the closer to Death Magnetic. There's a brute simplicity to this riff, and I, you know, I think that the intro with the drums, it, it really sways, and there's a dissonance to the chords as well, to the, 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 the pull-down, the ungodly march too of the open strings, which is augmented by those kind of wide, heraldic splashes. It really gives a sense of procession, of, of progression to the entire thing. I mean, the riff is like the whole thing of the song for like the first minute, and it, you know, gives sense to a, a deadly ending, and, and the way the song crumbles as well. Demons are where I'm at! The way the guitar just has that clatter to it, but for me, it's just this start riff. It's just, 
you know, it, it's quite basic, really, I'm not going to lie, you know, it, but it just it evokes something in me, I think it's a fantastic thing to kind of end Death Magnetic on, and um, My Apocalypse is a fantastic song. Now, there's tons and tons of riffs that I could have chosen um, from this from the album that the next song comes through, but I think this is my favourite at the moment. Um, this is Dyer's Eve, which, which again, you know, similar to My Apocalypse, is another high-tempo closer that I love the opening speed riff of. I mean, it's a good song altogether. It's such a quick song. It's one of those really, when you're listening to it, first of all, it, doesn't, it has time change, but it has, like chord placements that don't really make sense to a modern ear and they kind of it stop starts and stop starts but has such momentum to it a real jackhammer undertow to the song and you know just these little kicks as well the riffs are ever changing it's never concrete it's you know you take like say a sad but true for example which is just a very kind of you can set your hair cut by that riff sort of thing but this one dies riff dies eve the riff has so there's so many parts it's really enjoyable it's moving that that breakneck speed with that dark sense of fatality you know it's it's a great song the verses are great as well but it's a ding like it's so fast as well but it has such imagination to it i i love this riff i think you know it just contributes to a sense of calamity that runs through the open arches chords the the double bass sound as well you know just this kind of it's a it's a real real stunning stunning piece of work Number five is a riff that I just mentioned. It's a riff that, you know, I don't think I've got out of this podcast alive without mentioning this riff. It's an incredible riff. It's sad but true. This riff is big. This riff is dumb. And it's it's fucking fantastic. This riff understands uh, space so, so well. And those pull-offs, which, you know, is from the the fifth fret on the A to the first fret um, on the A as well. And then I believe it's the uh f sharp or g i don't want to misplace that so i'll say both of them but if you understand those kind of reaches that he's going for um you know and just the way that it just you know it really has a sense of that distance in the song as well you know a lot of people point to people like bb king etc who weren't necessarily technically on a, on a gary moore or a paul gilbert level but nonetheless they inhabited this this reach of space that was a more affecting arguably than both of those although actually i think paul gilbert's the best of those three but um you know it's a a, a great song you know and the drums play so well against it as well i remember this i don't want to misquote him but i remember lars saying something along the lines of something that i read years ago where he like dared people to sing the verse riff so the follow riff uh you you're my dad, you know um to play the verse riff underneath that and sing it it is ridiculous obviously Headfit, headfield has this an amazing ability to play incredible riffs and sing over the top of them and he plays them floating. like it's, yeah it, it's mind-boggling and i think sad but true is one of the best examples of that but yeah not too much to say about sad but true really you know it's quite timeless there's lots of black album um riffs that i could have picked but this is this is probably my favorite number four is creeping death this is my favorite metallica song i should get that out of the way now i'm really really looking forward to doing an episode um quite soon well i say quite soon a little bit away away probably about two months away or something like that digging into creepy death but um i want to say shout out to uh to adam um uh, you know i've been calling out for people to come on the show people to get involved in the show and stuff like that and adam's actually someone who's um listened to battle rap resume my podcast that i do along with this and reached out to me and he was like can i be on the show and i was like of course and pretty much the first thing he asked was is creeping death been picked it's my favorite song and obviously it's gonna be really good to team up with him as well for a first time and chat about this but yeah creepy death's incredible it's a masterpiece in my mind it is my favorite metallica song i think it's a, a breathless journey i think everything about it from that intro riff to that devastatingly simple pull off pull off kind of open uh you know half power chord it's just like what is that that's just so basic but it just works and the way it plays into the sort of chorus riff as well the egyptian imagery the phrygian uh elements to the solo but i love the die 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 riff 
and that is my fourth pick for favorite Metallica riff. Really, it has that you know uh, just like archaic feel to it as well. It's so irresistible. It really you know it's one of those ones that explodes live even more. I've not seen them live yet, but I've seen lots and lots of videos. I remember them playing this in Nimes very early on. I think they played Black and then Creepy Death. Amazing concert from 2009 on the Death Magnetic tour. And this riff is just yeah, it, it, uh, fucking fantastic. You know the riff I'm talking about, the one that Kirk took from exodus i believe kurt came from exodus and i think they didn't use it or something like that i know that it's kind of the creeping death riff or whatever but you know one of his best contributions and it's a uh, amazing amazing riff still hard as hell like you know so long later number three of course is battery this is the you know epic riff that comes after the epic intro um oh man the use of triads in this riff as well the use of that down peak, the use of that almost inhuman speed to which hetfield is conveying on that fretboard and just the heft of the song as well i really just feel like you know an onslaught a battery again it's such a fantastic song as well i think hetfield's lyrical phrasing is brilliant as well the way he builds this sense of manic energy and the descriptions are you know the drums are also a breaking point when this riff comes in when the ride they just ride with it. it's unbelievable really this song is just you know everyone knows this riff it's such an exciting riff it's so of that time and really metallica it's so cool that with their third album when they really were you know cooking with heat they're really writing fantastic material they open the song open the album with this what an exciting feel that must have been back in 1986 to get this home just be like fucking hell what is you know they really are unbelievable the whole song is so good but we're here to talk about that main riff and that main riff is just a yeah it's absolutely battering ram battery is just uh incredible number two is for whom the bells toll i know there's a lot of riffs in this song really and it's just keeps going really like you know you have the sort of intro riff with the sort of cliff descending there and for me it's the second riff but in its second iteration to the second riff, dun, 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 dun. but i love that bit but i similar to king nothing i love when the guitar takes over from that it just has that tight clenched neck sort of feel to it as well and that's not to take away from the guitar solo that plays over it no 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 or obviously the main riff which is probably the most interesting part about it that riff's incredible as well but this song is just an absolutely joy to listen to really that first two minutes is mad what an intro what a just procession of music that they put together like it's just such the quality is outstanding and i i love i love that moment but i love the whole song really the song is i've heard other people say it as well i heard them talk about it on the metal of your podcast uh recently and they were just talking about how this song you learn it on guitar when you first learn guitar and i had the same thing i remember being on ultimateguitar.com in like my computer room my guitar on my lap and sort of playing and i was like oh fuck i was like this is so good and obviously the riff that i mentioned as well which is slightly harder that slide is hard to get really tight even now but yeah that is uh my second favorite riff that is the for whom the bells tolls riff and my first is I mean, you know, there could have been so many riffs at this point as well. And, you know, maybe in the future I'll do another top 10 riffs. I'm sure there's many, many. Please send yours in as well. Be cool to hear. I can do a sort of feedback episode on that. That'd be really good. That's at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. We've got the Facebook group on the YouTube comments, all that good stuff. But yeah, just before we get into number one, let's just do a quick recap. Number 10 was King Nothing, the main riff. Number nine was the sort of the main intro riff of Moth into the Flame. The main riff of Call of Duty, they're all mainly main riffs. So the intro riff of My, my Apocalypse. Uh, number six was Dyer's Eve, main riff. Number five was the Sabbath Truth riff four was creeping death the die 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 riff three was battery the intro two was bells of the toll the sort of descending one for whom the bells tolls number one is blackened blackened is one of my all-time favorite metallic songs i think it, it kind of like for me it a lot of injustice works but i think it doesn't work as well with sort of what metallica had established before like kind of just the way they're exploring differently that's not to say that i don't respect that i love you know injustice is one of my favorites but i think 
kind of melding that and just aesthetic that kind of double change that kind of dark that kind of murky kind of you know progression that kind of expansion to the wider topics wider sort of intellectual pursuits blackened is you know unbelievable uh, it's a fantastic opener and it's not the, the riff the riff that comes after the um backwards riff it's not that one it's the you know the proposition like for me it's the choice of notes with that it's that ever reliable open e kind of anchoring down the riff but i just love the kind of dissonance that it plays on i think it's irresistible i think it works brilliantly with the list of lyrics that they convey as well you know planet dies and all this sort of stuff like you know the imagery of blackened is fantastic but i love that riff that yeah, it's just, oh man, it's kind of, it's groovy, it's very groovy in a very earnest sense of the word, it's not got that kind of load, kind of like swagger groove, it's just got that kind of devilish kind of approach, and again, when the drums kick in, similar to, you know, a King Nothing, uh, when they kind of take hold with the riff itself as well, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a pummeling, pummeling experience, fucking... That's my top 10 favorite Metallica riffs. Um, thank you for listening. As ever, please subscribe to the show on YouTube, on iTunes. Please leave us a review on iTunes. I've noticed a few reviews on there. They're greatly appreciated. You know, whatever stars you want, whatever feedback you want, check some out. People have already put some reviews on there. Patreon, patreon.com forward slash alpha Metallica, I believe it is. Metallica pod, you might want to Google that. I'll put it in the uh, description as well. Let's finalize that very shortly. But yeah, guys, thank you so much. Let me know your top 10s. Email, as I say, get in touch, all that good stuff. But this has been my top 10 Metallica riffs. I've got loads more of these bonus episodes planned. And if you want to get them first before anyone else, Patreon, if you want to listen to us normally, thank you as well. Listen to us on YouTube, all that good stuff. Thank you also for listening. I really, really appreciate everyone that um, listens to the show. Have a good uh, weekend. I'm recording this at the weekend. You could be listening to this in two years on a Tuesday, so that doesn't really matter. But yeah, this is Tom out. Follow us at MetallicaPod. Easy. Easy.